0: And now, live from Chicago, here is the Black Knight of Talk Radio, James Arthur Jacek. Well, apparently that's it. Uh, people are sleeping and sort of wish this to remain sleeping, and hopefully we can wake up enough, a critical mass, that could change things. Uh, well... We'll have to ask Alan. Hello? Yeah, Alan. Alan Watt is here live, com, and welcome back.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah.
0: We have a question that just came in, and at times I, I think that perhaps things can work out, and then I look sometimes and I get like a reality check of how stacked the cards are. I still think it can, but do you think that we can empower ourselves? Uh, this is the question like how can we do it and you you kind of halfway answered already before but do you think we can
1: it, it, it can be um done and, and yet i mean all great movements begin with individuals and i i think we we truly would have to reevaluate uh our purpose here in life, on on earth basically the elite have done it for us, they've taught us under economics, and you get taught this in economics courses in university, but our purpose is to serve the economy, not the other way around. And uh, we have to say, well, what is life about? Are, is that the function of the economy? To serve it? Are we to serve it, or is it there to serve us? And we have to reevaluate what is valuable in life, including life itself. We've devalued life so much over the last 50 years, and now we're down to euthanasia being ordered by the state. Uh, We can see where it's all heading, and we're accepting it so calmly and quietly. When you devalue the sacredness of the individual life, then eventually the monsters that created that system will come round to your door.
0: Yeah, and of course we're being trained for that, like, well, if I was that old and broken down, well, I would want to die.
1: But yeah mhm mm-hmm. I mean, all, all done through the ages um that kind of thing uh has been done i mean there has been uh, uh in all families done through the ages uh they might if you might say help people along if that if it's so bad and painful however when the state gets involved in something like this and starts to mandate who will live and die now you're in trouble now you're in trouble
0: Yes, I uh, I don't like to look to the state for a moral, um, my moral girding, if you will, because uh, the state could just as easily decide which enemy should be killed and, and does so.
1: so. That's exactly where it's going. Yeah, yeah, and whatever law they put on the books is always expanded to include things you had never thought about at the time, but the boys who put the laws on the books knew where they were heading with it. Laws always expand. And uh, today, even Lenin, you know, who worked for the... He was trained by the best bankers on the planet, um, to be the Galen the, the dialectic uh, uh, side of it. Uh, Lenin himself said, towards the end of the millennium, uh, this system of worldwide socialism will be underway across the world and into the next millennium. And he said, in that period of transition, there'll be so much bureaucracy and governmental departments They will literally be falling over each other and invading each other's territory. And this will create a time of chaos until the new system comes in place. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing so many governmental and uh, bureaucratical uh, organizations thrown up um, that they themselves are becoming confused uh, regarding their own powers and districts. And uh, there's just too much government and bureaucracy. Uh, the control freaks are from the top to the bottom. Now it's right down to your local level, and it's control freak time.
0: Well, I, I can speak with that because the way the local uh, parking enforcement and all this stuff is set up here, it it is just amazing and how they decide who parks where for, and not necessarily for a, a, a reason of you know, the the whole, the collective. It's like, well, this is a good trap to get get tickets here and, and, and get things here so I mean I could, I could see that down to the local level it's not service it's control
1: mm-hmm. it's control and you know we're controlled through, through alterations in perception and by the use of words uh, let's say we, we have a, a form of computer logic our minds work in a certain logical fashion and they give us the language and we arrive at the conclusions they want and an example of this is um, if a mafia guy comes up and, and, and demands money from you to give to his boss um, you, you'll hand it over and you will say well we'll leave you alone or we'll let you continue now you put a uniform on a man and put him on the road and he stops your car and uh, demands uh, money for a ticket to pay his boss he's got a gun on the hip like the mafia guy um, that change in uniform just putting a different set of clothes on them, changes your perception of the same act it's extortion extortion is extortion, you say.
0: And, 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 and they, they allow us to speed past the speed limit so that they have illegal legal grounds to stop whoever they choose. Yes. It's yes. if if everyone breaks the law then they can choose who they want to decide to punish, extort or what have you. And of course we allow that. I mean that's the the deal is, is we as a group are allowing this to happen.
1: Yet we've been trained to view or perceive the same event in a different light uh, by our training. We're trained from the... From, that's why Jax E. Law was a, a philosopher and sociologist on, on, and a psychology expert, basically, who uh, did a lot of work for the UN. And he wrote books on this, on, on the legal system. And he said that the public never know and never suspect. But all of their entertainment that pushes courtroom dramas, hospital dramas, and and police dramas are forms of indoctrination to make them obey a particular type of system. So they wrap up their indoctrination in a bit of a mystery to hook us to watch it, and we come away thinking that they're almost gods, because the medical system and the legal system and the enforcement system are the main arms of this new world order, basically.
0: Well, I have, um, I want to ask you about movies. Uh, I I wonder, if movies are used to indoctrinate, but I almost wonder that there's a group, one of these families, so to speak, that are vying for control of the world or what have you, that almost, I don't know if they want to help or are leaking out information, giving clues to the rats to see how they get through the trap. Because we take the movie Network, for example. Have you seen that movie, Network?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched that movie years. I saw it when it came out. It was, you know, interesting. But years later is when I dawned on me how predictive that movie was for milk uh, for the television. It was a. Ama- it was like it was written currently, as opposed to written, you know, thirty years ago. And it amazed me how they predicted exactly what would happen to the so-called news kind of programs and how they used an individual in there and the, and the crazy person Peter Finch won an Academy Award, that crazy person was speaking so much truth, and yet he was the crazy one. It, it was just it just was amazing to me.
1: Now, it, yes, was, that, that,
0: was that thumbing their nose at our future, or was somebody trying to warn us?
1: Uh, in the the higher mysteries, as they call it, the higher mysteries, there's a, a form of mocking the victim. It's a ritual. And they, they mock the victim because the victim can be shown everything but never really understand what they're seeing because they cannot come to a conclusion by themselves. And we see this often in in major movies, uh, apart from predictive programming, as they call it, um, they're also mocking the, the, the population of the world as they bring us to... A destiny. And we watch these things, and we chew bubble gum, or, or we eat popcorn, and we say, gee, that's a good movie. And most people never realize they've just been downloaded with a form of indoctrination called predictive programming. So it goes right into the subconscious through the entertainment uh, factor. You're not censoring it or thinking about it or disagreeing with it. You're being entertained. And that acts on your subconscious so when you bring the system actually into uh, reality in your life it's kind of familiar to you so you simply accept it and so we're we're actually um, indoctrinated in advance for every stage I think that old movie uh, Rollerball uh, was one of the first ones to bring out the, the world corporation that ran the world and they put circuses on for the masses just like Aldo Huxley talked about He said the reason that Rome fell was that the elites couldn't provide enough bread and circuses for the people. But he thought that under a scientifically controlled dictatorship, he saw no reason why it could not go on indefinitely. Now when you couple that with uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski's book, and Zygmunt Brzezinski not only was but is a big player in in advisorship capacity to different presidents, Um, and his speciality was mind control and psychotronic warfare, and you can read about it in Brzezinski's own book uh, called Between Two Ages. He's talking about leaving the old age into this new system they've constructed and, and bring into being. And one of the chapters is called The Technotronic Era, where he says that the public will be indoctrinated in a certain, by certain methods which they will not be aware of, but they will uh, uh, act out their, their indoctrination in their everyday life.
0: Now, when, we, so, when we, you look at the movie network, I can see where there was this plan or so forth, and I don't know if they prepared us or if it was mocking us. I mean, I, when you were mentioning that about mocking the... I was like, oh, boy, does that sound like it. Now, what about the movie The Matrix? When I saw that, I I literally, my jaw dropped, because it contained, I thought, you know, the truth, the way to get out of this whole Matrix. And in that movie, in this fictional setting... It made the, quote, matrix so amazingly deceitful. I mean, we're all plugged into machines, and it may not be that graphic in, in reality, but it's the same principle. Is that a, do you think that's mocking us as well? Or, I, I don't know.
1: Well, it, it, what's interesting with the matrix is that, in a, in a sense, they're showing you in allegorical form the system as it is. Yeah. Because under economics, we are batteries. We're energy units we produce. And that's what they were. They were energy units. Um, when you look at the name of uh, um, Neo, it's, it's, it's Neo uh, Anderson, which means, Neo means new, and Andrew comes from the Greek uh, Andrew f- for man. So he's a new son of man, Anderson. He's, he's a new messiah. That's mm-hmm. what it meant. And also, their underground base was called Sion. And Sion, in, in the mysteries, even in the Knights Templar, uh, going even further back to ancient Egypt and the Middle East, Sion always meant, it didn't mean what people think it does today, uh, the real meaning of Sion is a combination of two words, which is typical of the, the, even the ancient and modern mysteries. psi is the first two letters for the moon. In Aramaic, it, it's, it's sin. Sin is the moon. And so when they wander in the wilderness of sin, they're wandering in the dark. That's what it means. Uh, On is the place in Egypt. On is also the phallic symbol of the obelisk. And that's where most of them are constructed in what the Greeks called Heliopolis, but the Egyptians called On. So Sion is a male and female combined. That's what it means. So that movie portrayed a lot of stuff that's missed by the general public. They don't really understand it, you yeah. know.
0: Now, I didn't see the second one. My my daughter did, and it got a lot into uh, where where you're alluding to at that moment. And I don't know if I'm gonna have to watch the the first one again to to look for these little nuances. But uh, I I don't know. Am, am I a dreamer that I'm looking for uh, a situation to have either these leaders fail or the people rise to their attended occasion? Uh, the creative. Mm-hmm. our own self I, uh, creation the ability to create our future and not be manipulated I don't know am I just like dreaming am I the one that's sleeping
1: <laughs> not really um, what you're looking for I'm sure is the spark within us uh, to reclaim as I say that uh, it's almost sacredness that human humans should have that bit of within them uh, that life in them Um It it also, as you know, means a re-evaluation of of our purpose here. Uh, We're not serving our purpose here under this particular system. We certainly won't be under the next one. Um, it's, It's truly up to us to reclaim our rights, you know. And we cannot... Here's the thing, too. All the groups that have been put up in the past were put up by the other side. They expect opposition, so they give you the leaders for oppositions and that's how they've always managed to steer us into their, back into their agenda uh, even further along the road than they were before um, I, I tell people don't join huge organizations because you're being misled uh, you've got to start small and, and, and demand your rights you've got to stand up for your rights because um, it's up to you to reclaim them nobody else will do it for you no one else will and that's if you think they're important a lot of people um, like Rockefeller said, we'll, "We'll, we'll, you know, blindly obey and, and uh, deliver themselves do, docilely into our hands." And he said that in one of his speeches, you know. And the big philanthropic organizations sprung up in the days of Adam Weishaupt and uh, John Robinson, uh, who was an English Mason, wrote about them. He joined the Illuminati at, at that time, and he came out against it and said, under the guise of philanthropy. Uh, which is like the you know the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, they fund the organizations which will change society along the path they want, and so that 's why they fund all the wildlife organizations uh, if you 'll notice that the Earth Charter that was um, put forth by Maury Strong, uh, the plants and the animals have more rights than humans now, and this is done under, under a philanthropic organization uh, funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. The foundations, the great foundations, um, are the means by which they get us to go in the direction they want.
0: We have a phone call here. We'll see if we can get this in here. Rod, hello. You're live on the air, Feed the Fire with Alan Watt.
2: Yeah. How you doing? Good. All this information is rather, I think, it's paralyzing to the average individual. And I was thinking maybe there's something. Could say to give someone a little hope or a little inspiration that all's not, oh, it's impossible, it's, you know, the can't fight city hall type message, or there's nothing we can do, it's too overwhelming, where I think that if people do do the right, they do stand for what's right and do the right thing, there are external forces that will come to their aid if they do the right things for the right reasons. These creatures that wish to control everything are not all powerful, and they're not. In, they may seem to be in control, but there is a heavenly host that watches over us. When we do the right things for the right reasons, we'll get the help we need. I believe that.
0: All right, it's a good point. Hold on, just stay there and listen for a minute. So, what? What about God and helping us, or angels, or aliens, or some benign force outside that has power over?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, they're always looking for the cavalry to come and do it for us. That's the problem. With uh, That's how we got where we are. <laughs> and, uh, and, again, that's part of the difficulty uh, I was mentioning earlier um, about groups and organizations. They will see things from a particular trained point of view, and that's why they can't come together. That's why society is divided. Now, it's true, the elites cannot do anything in their agenda without our cooperation. Uh, all the wars they've created um, to bring about uh, their final goal um, we breed the offspring which ends up putting on the uniforms and goes out and does their killing for them Uh, you you see we don't even uh, communicate with our children and and give them the proper values the state has taken over and given them their cultural and and their, their, their value system and the media has done the rest and much music and so on Uh, That, again, was explained by Bertrand Russell, one of the main workers in this field. Um, So we are breeding uh, the killers. And I knew this 20 years ago when I noticed all the movies began to change. There's always a guy in the front of every video with a big gun and a blonde hanging over him. And then out came all the video games. And I said and the only, the only reason for these video games coming out which were at one time were used to train the military to get over their fear of killing it was to make them kill uh, without re- any reaction whatsoever That's these were used by the military for years, these same video games well, what about what about, it, uh,
0: what about the spirituality? I like the, the caller in, 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 um, the, the
1: spirituality Yeah. Um, here's the thing with spirituality um what makes the average person think that, that they're supposed to sit back and something happens for them? Uh, there's a price to pay uh, in this world. This is the, this is the place where spirit and matter combine.
0: Oh yeah, I, I think it. I think you're you You are talking about taking action and having somebody from uh, the other side help out, right? We
2: have to make the first move. We have to stand for what's right and what we believe in, and mm-hmm. let the chips forward. They may they they can. Kill the bodies we dwell in, but they can't touch our souls unless we allow it, unless we give in to it. But if we stand for what we believe in and for what's right, then we'll be far better off than calming down and yeah. going along to get along.
0: All right, well, we have to cut for a break here, and uh, I want to thank the caller for, for calling in. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep the phone lines open as we come back and talk with Alan Watt. And maybe we can come back, Alan. We can just start off where we left off here about this uh, uh, spiritual yeah. uh, inner power. In it, so. It's a good point there, yeah. All right, everybody, hold on. We'll be back, uh, take a break, and continue with Alan Watt. com is the website. And we will return with the Feet to Fire IPS word presentation. This is an independent organization looking for truth. What a novel concept. We'll see how far this can go. Throughout this matrix. We'll be right back.
2: You are listening to Feet to the Fire. You are listening to Feet to the Fire. Bienvenue. Vous écoutez Feet to the You are listening to Feet to the Fire. With.
0: Black <gasps> All right, we are back, and we have Alan Watts. We're going to give him the ring. The phone lines are open, 888-863-2722. Big questions? Heading through to Matrix.com. Hello? and welcome back Alan Watts uh, live to the show you're not advocating uh, I just want to as I hear what you're saying you're advocating you know trying or taking some action and that, that it's it, it looks bad it looks over but it's not for sure done uh, as opposed to kind of just packing it in right
1: oh, oh sure it, it's not over yet and uh, this is the critical phase though it's a critical phase because people have to to speak out about what's happening. Um, we know that once the Middle East agenda is over and done with, uh, they're going to declare uh, world government, that's the next phase. And then you're really under uh, a massive bureaucracy of the UN, uh, leading as I say to a, a system where we're more like robots than actual people, we're numbers and figures, um, and we will serve the world state. Uh, this is an old agenda, but it's not over It's not over yet. It does need our cooperation. And at the mo- moment, most people are cooperating by going along with it and, uh, and, and keeping their heads down, and, and they're afraid to speak out. Um, we can't be silent anymore. Because this isn't just us, you see, that we're talking about. This is the future. That, that everyone who can be born in the future has the same right to sentient thought and, and experience of life as we have.
0: Now, how does the how does right the spirituality now, yeah. fit into this? I mean, is there some higher power force uh, that would help our individual growth and, and enlightenment, or is all forms, all the, the, the whether it be new age or old age, all forms of the spirituality merely a training of control, from your perspective?
1: We definitely know that religion has always been used for control it doesn't mean that it's all totally fake because we need to take some truths and then take it over we can't swallow the bait without the truth and um, this has been done forever since the days of Sumer and probably before uh, they've always given us a, a theocracy type of, of um, system where it's really for us to serve the state and to have a form of order within this state where we serve it well and quietly uh, under the fear of something now everyone who's born has a craving to get in touch with something beyond themselves but they, they just know instinctively it exists and it comes on strongly in sometimes, and sometimes you go through valleys where nothing happens and that supposedly was always your connection with uh, this creator um, however since we do wake up every day as ourselves um, in the same place then the place of importance right now is right here as long as the spirit is, is embodied in matter it, it has a function and that of course is what it is is for the spirit to to start to, to alter the, the physical uh, world we live in and that's where our values, that's where our compassion comes from we have to have empathy for all peoples, and, and look how since Vietnam, in fact, when you started the, the days of uh, TV dinners, and you sat down and watched Vietnam and people getting blown up and all that kind of thing, look how desensitized we've become, where we sit and watch the Middle East going through the same thing, and it's almost like standard fare, and we're being totally desensitized and on purpose. And so we have no connection with those people who have being blown up all over the place. Um, when we lose our empathy for other people, we're actually losing it for ourselves at the same time and our neighbors.
0: That's a good point, because not. people mentioned about, like in Fallujah, I did a show on Fallujah, about a video that came out, I received, like, I mean, no help from, from the general listenership, and most people uh, thought I was a traitor of some type. And I just wanted to, Find out if the video was true. See, I don't give our government or any government the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these things. But uh, when I when I sought to look into these things, you seem to hit this area inside where, well, it's all you know, those people over there can do that. But you know, when someone's getting blown apart, I mean, that's not a good thing. I don't care who they are. I mean, enemies or not. I mean. Uh, and I and I wonder if, um, uh, well, I'm kind of a rhetorical question that these enemies are being bred for us. This whole idea is being planned for us so that we can somehow justify what they want to do.
1: Well, they always demonize the enemy. Uh, in World War Two, uh, in first in World War One, it was the Huns, and H.G. Wells coined that term as put that term out there. The Huns uh, dehumanized them, and of course, you saw the same thing. Was Saddam Hussein going in to um, reclaim some of the old, the old Persian territory uh, that was taken off them actually when Britain drew up the maps after World War One, and they said that the, they were going in and, and beating babies in the hospitals, so you demonize the enemy. It was all bogus. Um, during World War Two, it was the Nips, you know, they were they were short-sighted and tooth and uh you dehumanize them so it's easier to kill them and now the, the, the military call them ragheads uh, the people who live in the Middle East and sure enough there's been enough exposure showing that the, the military is going in there now and, and just gunning down whole families in their homes and those same soldiers are going to come back and, and eventually wear policemen's uniforms because over 90% of them end up in the police forces so you better be realize that they're, they're being desensitized, too, uh, to what they're doing and, and where this is all leading. We must always have empathy for people of all nations, whether they're starving or being brutalized by anybody, um, because eventually, if we don't, it's our turn one day. And no one will cry for us if we can't cry for others.
0: Well, we've seen it over and over again. When Germany walked across Europe, you know, until it got to, I mean, it was, Oh, the Jews, that's all right. Well, the Polish, well, well, wait, in France? Well, Britain? Wait a minute. You know, that's when uh, people started to say, wait a minute. And I, I, I think it's true. I think that you got a good point there. We do have a, a, well, do you want to comment on that? Okay, we. Do, we wait, I don't know if you wanted to respond to that. We do have a question that came in. It's kind of a mouthful, so I'll just read it. It is. Please ask Alan if he could expand in, on the following godhood and the esoteric religion and the connection between culture creation egocentric beings and the abusive mindset
1: Um, culture creation well it's always been used for culture creation and whatever they see the gods do is what the public eventually uh, emulate Uh, including the festival days is emulating the gods supposedly Uh, so it's always been used for culture creation um... When they want an agricultural system, a feudal type system, they they give you a universal type church, um, which is very, very very strict in a sense. When they want an industrial era, they create sects like the Protestant sects and the work ethic for, for that particular era, so it's always been used for culture creation and updating as they update the culture and even uh, it's amazing since For the last hundred years they really started to push this uh, revelations thing in religion and the revelations wasn't in the, the original um, writings on the bible it was taken out a couple of times after it was put in as well down through the many many centuries um, to con- and it's to condition the public to accept it that it's inevitable and, and nothing is inevitable we we're here for a purpose it's not uh, fate it's not pre-planned it's up to us to create our own destiny and so we must fight against our own indoctrination uh, many Christians really think that if you speak out against the evil that's going on you're, you're, you're fighting God because it's God's plan uh, that's beautiful mind control for the elite
2: well, no, yeah
0: that, uh, I think the, the way this country was founded a lot of the principles would actually prevent things from taking over. But was this this country being being America? Was this country literally founded with this whole plan uh, laid down from the beginning?
1: Yes, it was. It was. I mean, uh, they had meetings in Europe in the early 1700s uh, with with the elite, and uh, they, they they wondered how they were going to control the future, and um, they knew they couldn't take over a world without tremendous opposition if they used England uh, because England had gone all over the planet plundering basically for a small group in London Uh, they couldn't use France or the other countries because they'd all been empire builders so they had to create a new knight in shining armor and the United States was the first openly Masonically created country uh, to be born since the days of Sumer basically um, all of its emblems, its symbology is, is high occultic it's not Christian and uh, there's Washington's monument what do you think that is? Where, where do you find that in the Bible? You know, it's an Egyptian, a brand new one for, for a, raising a man to godhood um, that's what that stands for uh, you raise a person to godhood and they're given an obelisk he's the first one to be given uh, a huge obelisk uh, from, from uh, the days of Alexander the Great
0: No, I come back from my my beginning I had arguments with people about uh, this quote Christian country and there was a great book which and I wasn't prepared for it I'd have it out that went through painstakingly doc, uh, documents that were written by these founding fathers that would no way uh, make it a quote Christian country and yet I think the goal is that my way is the right way and my view of America is what it should be and this is what it was and they go and find out things to support where they're at. And of course, yeah. all it does is, you know, of course, have discord and strife which is all good for the monster that's controlling things.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's right. The, um, <clears throat> again, what the, that, that other person, that caller, mentioned egocentricity and uh, from Pavlov onwards they experimented with the egocentric part of the brain they knew that people will avoid pain, if possible, and always seek pleasure. So if they stimulate uh, one thing all the time, pleasure, the pleasure principle, we, we, we will avoid all pain. And it's interesting that's used in the New Age movement, where they're actually taught uh, not to look at the negatives. In fact, to totally ignore the negatives that are happening around them, which is a beautiful way to blind them and allow all this to happen. Um, so egocentric behavior has been encouraged um, to our detriment, actually, and we're, we're now left almost unguarded. Um, that's what that really meant, egocentricity.
0: Yeah. Now, where, where do people come from who actually seek the benefit of individuals, even at their own uh, loss? Like you help out a friend, you may end up losing a little bit, but if you really care about them advancing and all that? Where do those people come from? if they've grown up in this world of indoctrination, how do they get over it? Is it luck? I mean, is it inner spirit? How does that work out where some people don't end up going down that path?
1: I, I think what it is is, is uh, our whole life is a, a matter of uh, going through different choices every day. We always um, go through so many choices. And we don't realize we're creating a, a destiny, you might say, for ourselves, and maybe even locking ourselves into a particular path by doing so. And, and I think um, as we grow, and life is supposed to be a growing experience, an ever-learning experience right through, and, uh, and a preparation, if you might say, for something to come. I, I think under the, 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 um, the system we live in, which is based on materialism, that that, like egocentricity, has been pushed to the top and so we amuse ourselves consistently with material things, uh, always paying through the nose for them, always paying on credit, um, and, and avoiding the, the spiritual side of, of, of humanity. We're, we're losing touch with that altogether. And the spiritual side of humanity is what connects you with other people, where you do feel the empathy. You you, you can see the, 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 the tribulations people go through. And... Um, Uh, this is what binds people together and and, uh, brought out uh, the beauty that that is is within us not the monster of materialism that always rears its head it's the beauty of of the connectiveness that we all share um, on a daily basis we must uh, get that back or we'll lose everything and it's not just for those who live now as I say it's for all those who've gone before it's for all those who, who have the right to life to come and, and live a life and be a sentient, thinking being uh, full of the joys that can come your way through understanding or, or, or listening to a nice song or, or reading poetry or whatever. But uh, they have the right to, to present those experiences. No one has the right to turn us into robots.
0: Well, no I, I agree. I agree what i what I did for example my when i I have uh, had guests on about this nine eleven uh tragedy that it was actually not only a cover up but there was inside information I- insiders acting, and that the actual collapse of the towers could not possibly have happened from the planes so Now once I saw that information, I had to accept uh, the truth i mean there's physics involved here and uh so I talked to some coworkers who l- literally laughed at first, but when I kept sticking to the facts the physics, the temperature, the, the 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 fact that there's no way that the fuel could have gotten to the point to melt that steel, which is certified so high, and I kept bringing it up, they ended up wanting to see the videos uh, that I suggested. And it seemed to me that if we just keep hounding with the truth, there's going to be some people who are going to wake up because that truth does something inside of us.
1: Yes, it does. Eventually, it builds up to such a pitch, you can't ignore it altogether. It's got to eventually hit you that you can't deny it anymore. And and that's the breaking point, because when you can't deny it, and you open Pandora's box, uh, you can't close it again. You've got to go on learning from there in a hurry, too. Uh, And that's what people are afraid of. They don't really want to, to upset the media um, versions they have been given, this media reality they're given, uh, they are f- afraid, although they suspect there's something else going on, they're afraid to open Pandora's box because they'll have to change their opinions about so much in their own own lives. That scares them. Yeah.
0: And that's where that uh, vision from Matrix, we taking the pill, what, what color pill, you go back to A- Alice in Wonderland or the other ones, you, you, know, you wake up and you can't turn back. We have a question coming in about, um, we mentioned alien a little bit earlier. Is it possible that these secret societies actually have a connection to some alien entities, i.e. these reptilians or Anunnaki or what have you, that have, are really the people behind some of this stuff?
1: No, the the Anunnaki thing was thrown out there years ago, uh, and that's how you create myths. Uh, You put out a foundation, and the High Masons are very good at this. Uh, they, get, they lay a foundation and they bring out other authors to build on the, the foundation um, the Anunnaki really and, and the old legends were supposed to be spirits of the earth that was nothing to do with aliens whatsoever you can only bring out alien theology in a space age when you have aircraft and rockets and so on it would have made no sense a hundred years ago so they always update their theories to suit your scientific period and and mislead you again. However, and and all the high uh, degrees of Masonry, at least the ones I've spoken to separately, they've all told me about the same initiation rites. And that there is a particular degree that they go through where they claim that they purposely and knowingly bring into themselves uh, a spiritual entity, um, which gives them a trade-off of longevity but it also allows the entity to take them over more and more. Hell to an entity, supposedly, is absence of the physical world and all sensation. So a heaven to an entity is right here. And that That's w- an interesting concept.
0: Yeah, well, it, make, it makes sense. And um, I could see where, you know, with the space age, you're bringing the aliens, and that in the past they talked about angels or spirits. But it's also possible that in the past, not having the space age, that how you would describe an alien would be an an angel or or a spirit or what have you. And allegedly or supposedly carvings, I've seen them. I don't know how the dating process is. That has spaceships, if you will, going back into the carvings in uh, Egypt and so forth.
1: No, that they're not at all. In fact, the, the, the one that's typically used is the is the, the circle with the wings on it, and that's not a a flying saucer at all. That was always the, the Egyptian symbol for the soul transcending back to heaven. Uh, and of course, the big boys again gave us all this nonsense stuff and made sure that the big authors were well funded. That's another thing too. The Rothschilds uh, were one of the first ones to set up a philanthropic organization to promote certain science fiction-type books for predictive programming purposes to do with space travel, etc. And that's never stopped today. Um, uh, we know that Eric von Daniken, that was pushed out in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, well-funded again and who sold the chariots of the gods and a whole bunch of books and started all this uh, alien inscriptions on aliens on motorbikes, space motorbikes and stuff Uh, one british uh, uh, enterprising investigator went over to mexico and found the guy who was making these these carvings for him (laughs) so uh, they're very good at giving us myths to misleaders however i wouldn't dismiss the fact that all down through the ages, um, whether whether they're little men in, in, in black outfits or or demons or whatever, have been seen by people on certain occasions. Um, it's very possible to project any image into the mind. And today, here's the kicker too: we're living in an age where. Science is so far advanced in reality. We are on the bottom matrix of reality. Um, Nick Bagage, who has um, a book out called Earth Rising, was on national television in Canada showing us uh, little handheld remote-type size um, um, machines uh, that the CIA were using in the 1950s, which could put thoughts right into your head by line of sight. And he demonstrated it on the Wendy Mesley show.
0: I would absolutely so, love to see that video.
1: Yes, and I got it. And uh, what's really amazing is he said that all this stuff is obsolete. The CIA had this in the 50s. Now, this is before the transistor was even known to the public or microcircuitry. And uh, so today, seeing is not always believing. We have that to contend with, too, what is scientific, what is real. You now, it's interesting that Madame Blavatsky that was put out there to promote theosophy, um, which was to blend Christianity with Hinduism for a united world, where they would bring in many from India into England this century. in the the 20th century they brought her out in the 19th century to push theosophy to make Hinduism popular and she said the function of theosophy was eventually to bind the human spirit with science and that's exactly where the chip and is heading Uh, is combining you as a, as a a total person with science but it's going to bind you into a form of slavery
0: what, what, where those, uh the 2112 and the Mayan calendar all fit in this?
1: Um, I'm not really following that, that thing. See, see, the Maya, again, whatever promoted heavily is to predict is predictive programming again. Now, if we go back to the free trade agreement, the pre-NAFTA deal that set up the unification of the Americas, and, and that was talked about by the senior civil servant who left Ottawa, Canada, she did all the books up. She drafted all the books up for the NAFTA negotiations. Her name was Shelley Ann Clark. And she came out and tried to get it public. She said uh, uh, it will demerge by the year 2005. Now, in 2005, sure enough, Bush, um, Paul Martin, and Fox signed uh, the United Americas Agreement in Waco, Texas, 27th of March, 2005. And Shelley also said that by 2010, uh, it would be up and running for unification. I think 2012 was for the world uh, government to openly declare itself as world government, and that's the real reason behind this 2012 stuff.
0: Hmm. And, uh, so, really, the Mayan calendar is simply a calendar, and it, it, it was utilized in a more of a uh, as a tool to try and give some explanation for a change that's coming.
1: Well, here's the thing. Now, Arthur C. Clarke, Arthur C. Clarke was a high, very high Freemason, uh, who worked on behalf of the big boys, the establishment. And he was given the honor of writing the book 2001. And he wrote that in the 1960s. And, and the movies came out too. Now, in 2001, uh, the story, um, takes him into space travel on the way to Jupiter and, and through, the, through the travel, the space journey it's a, there's an occultic Masonic ritual goes on the whole story is about, about ritualism uh, even though it's set in outer space where he must overcome Hal, which is the sun uh, which is the computer on board the spaceship which is taken over <laughs> um, it kills off two of the other members it tries to kill off the third one beats it and and actually disables it, how H-A-L, in typical coding in masonry, if you take the letter um, after it, um, you have I, then you have B, and then you have M, I-B-M, the computer. You see? Mm. Uh, This stuff is shown right in front of your face. The next movie they did was 2010, and that was also made into a movie. Right. the and and that shows you that something wonderful is supposed to happen when they bring forth a new sun in the sky. And in high occultic meaning that means as above so below, a new type of creature will be introduced on Earth and it could be a clone for all we know. A new type.
0: Hmm. What do you think about uh we we actually only got a couple of minutes I should say. I will get lost and we'll get I wanna be able to you give information if people can uh Get a hold of you or your products or books, or I know your website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. But any other way that uh, you might uh, direct people to you?
1: Yes, they can write to me uh, at uh, it's, um, site 41, box 4, Estaire, E S T A I R E, Ontario, Canada. And uh, the postal code is P for Peter, 3, E for Elizabeth, 4, N for Nora, 1. And uh, I'll be pleased to answer them if I uh, get around to it. Well,
0: in, in closing, maybe we can uh, take an example. I've had uh, Michael Sarion on here, who's an astrologer, but also talks about fighting the evil of the people. How would that something like that fit into your view?
1: Fighting the evil?
0: Yeah, I mean... Um, it, 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 there is a it, while being an astrologer, which would fall into kind of the category of this occultic stuff. There is still a, 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 a personal freedom that he is sought for um, for people to find out of. And I was just wondering, I only got about a minute. Um, if you see well, that, well, uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, as astrology astrology has always been used as again a a form of predictive programming is written in the stars, so this is how it's fixed. Um, It's a form of control as far as I see. Um, I think that the individual can can certainly ask for for the power and the courage uh, to get through this life and to alter it for the best as much as possible. And we don't have to consult uh, uh, the stars or spiritualism to do it. We have the spirit within us if we just want to look.
0: All right, well, we're uh, at the end. I want to thank you for taking the time, Alan, uh, to uh, share your insights and wisdom, and uh, thank you very much.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay, Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Uh, we're right up against the wall in the end. I want to thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Feet to the Fire.